Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Quarter's a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Hello and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. I'm Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Writer for the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrich, the great Adrian Barrich, Channel 7 legend, former Eagle and president of the Perth Football Club. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. We are on the eve of round 12, the first of three weeks of buys, so not so many games played each weekend, but plenty happening, Barra, and starting with the Tribunal, the AFL Tribunal, mixed messages coming out, players getting off for sling tackles, players getting pinged for sling tackles. What did you think of Jager O'Meara's challenge last night and the fact that he uh, it was upheld so he misses their game against Richmond after the bye? Yeah, not happy with the decision. Um, and can I just say, if I sound a bit weird today, it's because I'm at home and um, I'm not the great Adrian Barrich, that's for sure, and I'm the unwell Adrian Barrich at the moment. So I apologise if it's not as clear as perhaps you hope. Actually, you know what, Quarters? We've unleashed Benny Cousins on his own tonight on the news. So if you get a chance to catch seven news at 6.45, Benny's gone solo. So He will do a great forward. job. Great job. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him going there. But I know you were down at the um, the tribunal, which uh, probably was a late finish, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it went for about two hours, and uh, the evidence was – there was a lot of evidence presented, and there was a lot of uh, – they were out, out deliberating for a while. So, yeah, it was quite late. And I, I, I mean, I wasn't convinced that um, Spargo's head hit the ground. That was the one thing that I wasn't convinced about. I know now they take into account what your action was and whether it was dangerous, but it did look like low impact to me. Uh, you still have to assess it as medium impact. It didn't look like medium impact. And after Adam Chera got off, I was absolutely certain that Jager O'Meara would get off, but it sounds like he got he paid the price for being, one, maybe stronger than Adam Chera, and two, not tackling a ruckman like um, Adam Chera did. So... I find the whole thing a bit bizarre, mate. I reckon he's very stiff, Jager O'Meara. I tell you what, if you're in, in Brownlow contention and you lost a Brownlow medal on that, I mean, that is not right. You know what I mean? He's not in Brownlow contention, but that that, that needs to be tidied up, doesn't it? Yeah, look, it probably does. I'm not surprised. So the evidence that was presented, um, the first thing was obviously Jager pleaded guilty um, to rough conduct, but he wanted the uh, contact reduced from medium to low, and that was what it was all about, and that would have reduced it from one week to a fine. His defence presented a very good case in that um, using other examples and the the fact that it was low impact, Spargo gets straight up, Spargo takes his free kick, um, and there was the Melbourne medical report showed no... um, damage to him, no concussion, and certainly no ongoing effects. Um, they also referenced the the actual tackle with Spargo spinning and he contributing to the spin towards the ground. And um, they presented a lot of evidence about that. They presented the fact that his right arm was free, so he was able to protect himself from the fall. But the AFL Council, we know 
It's about the intent, or not the intent so much, the potential to cause um, damage. And that's what they referenced. Um, they referenced the tackle. They thought that O'Meara was a bigger, stronger body than Spargo. So it would be pretty hard for... Yes, Spargo may have instigated the spin, but O'Meara um, gave it momentum. And um, ultimately, when they went to deliberate, I thought... On the evidence that was presented tonight, going in, I thought O'Meara would be upheld, and then I thought the deliberation he might get off here, and then but I thought nah, they, they'll 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 uphold that, and they did. So he misses a week, and what he cop- about, he copped it on the chin. So what about? Do you agree with me though that if Clayton Oliver or Petrarca did that and was out of Brownlee contention, that's that's just not going to be good, does it? And that's not good for the game, is it? Sure. Uh, well. Well, Barra, you know, it's been happening all year. They've been getting ping for it all year. So if, you, if you're that dumb that you haven't been looking, I'm not calling Jager dumb, by the way. I'm just saying if, you, if you're if you in Brownlow contention and you you, you sling tackle and the head hits the ground. I didn't know what else could he – Yeah, like, I know. He'd been, you've got to take him to the ground somehow. Yeah. So they've got to work out a way of taking the bloke to the ground without putting his head in jeopardy. So you know what you have to do now, and it happens a bit in rugby league and it's horrific to do. You've got to put yourself underneath the bloke Yep. So you actually got to pay a physical price, and it's it's no fun, my friend, especially with ninety kilos landed on you, or eighty five kilos, or eighty kilos. So, but no, but just going on that principle, though, mate, of a losing a brown loaf for that, you just just think about that, replaying that. This the, and 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 Clayton Oliver could go on and still have a great season, but he was wiped out in round eleven. Uh, and he wins the Brownlow, and he doesn't get handed the Brownlow because he got a one-week suspension for that, you'd be thinking, hang on, this does this isn't right. You know what I mean? That's the, what I'd be saying. Anyway. The AFL would then say, we are protecting the head, we're looking at the future of the game, and he's known about it all year. So, you know, and the really interesting point you raised before about what is Jager meant to do, and one of the bits of evidence he gave was that it was in the, their D50 and there was Oliver and – no, so not Oliver, but Petrarca was looming. And so he said, I couldn't let him get the ball to Petrarca. And we were only 10 points up at the time. So he said, you know, what am, what am I meant to do? I, I have to do the right thing by the team. So we've now come to that crossroad well, or we've right. been, been there Spargo, for a while. And Spargo contributed too. And the, the players know about it now too. They, can, they contribute to it, the blokes with the ball, because they hold on to the ball. They don't cough it up when they, they should do. They don't get rid of it because they know they might get a free kick if they get thrown to the ground or, you know, it's it's a better option for their, for them not to get rid of it. And that's what they all do now. So they they put, they take the tackle, which you never used to do. You'd, get, you'd try to get rid of the ball. But it's created that scenario now. So it's even worse for defenders. So yeah. no, I don't like it, mate. I really don't like it, not only just because I know Jager and quality person. Oh, he and, is, yeah. But Cherry, Cherry gets off and he does and I think, Come on, come on, you blokes! What's going on there? Something needs to be looked at there. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm putting a serious hat on. For I thought a you were serious Something all the time, Barra. No, but you know, some things are serious and other things are frivolous. And this is this one needs to be looked at. And it's not fair on Jager, I reckon. But anyway, that's an that's uh, that's the that's the story. Fair enough, mate. Now let's move on to the mid-season draft held last night. Four West Australians taken in that. Robert Hanson Jr. from Subiaco went to North Melbourne. Um, we had uh, Jaden Hunter from your football club, Perth, go to Essendon. We'll talk about that in a moment. Quinton Narkel, who'd been playing for Essendon in the VFL, he's gone to Port Adelaide. I think he's a great pickup, by the way. And Jack Buller, uh, last but not least, from Claremont, um, he went to Sydney. They like the WA boys, the Sydney uh, Swans, particularly the forwards. But 
What did you make of the draft? Let's just go through the local teams first. So West Coast, as expected, picked up Ryan Marich. He's a um, 196 centimetre forward um, from who's been playing for Box Hill. He's from Gippsland. Fremantle picked up, um, I think somewhat surprisingly, um, Ethan Stanley, who's a winger from Box Hill, the same club in the VFL Ryan Marich comes from. So interesting pickups from those two. Um, what did you make of uh, Ryan Marich and Ethan Stanley? Well, Ryan Marich, and it's Marich actually, because okay. um, how's this? How's this? So I was Barrick, B-A-R-I-C. My old man was Barrick when he was in... Uh, Yugoslavia or Croatia or whatever before they came here after the war. Same as his family. When my dad's family came here, they added a H so that the skips could say the name properly, Barich. You know, it was actually Barich, Barich, you know. Okay. But, he, but he, decided, he decided himself, I heard him talk about it, that he wasn't going to go with the H. He wanted, he, he liked Marrick. So this he this to is Ryan. Marich. This is Ryan. So okay. he's gone with Marrick and he really should be Marich in uh pure Slav terms, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. But anyway, so he lobs here today, and he'll be playing on Sunday for the West Coast Eagles um, in their Waffle Club. Mm. So it's an extraordinary turnaround for him. He was that moved about it, and he, he just couldn't believe that his name was bobbing up on fantasy footy and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> number one <laughs> number get. one pick in the mid-season draft, too. Hey? He's suddenly on the super, you know, the, whatever those, uh, whatever the um, the main thing in fantasy footy is. His name's on there, and he couldn't believe it. So, fantastic to see. He looks like he could be a great addition. And uh, then the next fella, um, he went to Fremantle. Jay, they, Fremantle, Fremantle had four on their list. Um, that two of them had already gone, and that then the la- they couldn't believe this. What, what's the fella's name? Stanley. Ethan they didn't Stanley. Think they didn't think he'd still be there. Because they were going to take Jaden Hunter, our man. They were going to take Jaden Hunter. So I spoke to the club today and they said that. They said, yeah, he was our man. And then this other fellow was still there and he went, wow, I think we better take him. He's a flying wingman. You know, probably they didn't say this, but I reading between the lines, I, I, not reading between the lines, just my opinion, Liam Henry may not sort of be around the place, down the track, and perhaps have struggled a little bit with depth in the wing position and, He's a uh, he's very he's a good runner and uh, maybe he's what they need. But Jaden Hunter would have been super at Fremantle as well as another forward. Come back up, Ruckman. Come centre half back. What will North Melbourne get from Robert Hanson Jr.? Robert Hanson Senior played for Subi in the nineties, didn't he? In in the late yeah, 90s. I played against his, his old man. Yeah, and I, I remember. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from Belmont, so I don't know how he wasn't playing for Perth. So I always try to work out why this happens, you know. But anyway, so. Yeah, I reckon Subi and Claremont are probably shaking their heads about, you know, behind the scenes as to how they've lost one of their best players in the middle of the season. A competition has reached in and grabbed their best player. And I was th- I saw Ash Prescott the other day and I was thinking, geez, he must be thinking, how does this work? You know, we, I guess it really, we have to accept the waffle perhaps is a development league and they have to cop it sweet. But it is a bit weird, don't you reckon, Quarters, that a bloke your best player can be plucked by another competition and you can't do anything about it and you get $10,000 compensation and that's it? Do you find that a little bit strange? Well, I do. I think there should be more adequate compensation, but I always look at it on the side of the kid um, or the player and the opportunity that's presented to them. So for me, 
I'm just mm. delighted for Robert Hanson Jr. and Jack Paul oh, in that regard, you know. Um, and they would have gone at, but they would have gone at the end of the year. That's my. And point. also Jaden and Hunter for that matter, and and Quinton Narkle for getting another chance. But so Hawthorne picked up Clay Tucker, uh, Richmond Matt Coulthard, Sydney Harry Arnold, um, Geelong Mitch Hardy. Uh, Western Bulldogs got Callum Porter. He's been around before. We mentioned Quinton Narkle at Port Adelaide. Uh, Brandon Ryan, Hawthorne. Richmond, James Trezise. Um, but the interesting one, Jaden Hunter from your club to Essendon. Can he play AFL this year? Can he play this year? Mm-hmm. He's only played four, I think, four league games coming off an ACL. So if he did, it would be remarkable. Um and I guess this was what I'm saying. Like, um, are we bolstering the VFL Essendon's VFL team really in the in the short term um, when he could have been taken at the end of the year? But I get, and you know, I'm super supportive of Jaden going. I reckon he's a wonderful young fella. Aquinas, um, Applecross, Mount Pleasant Junior. Um, when I saw Adrian Dodoro at Fremantle Oval on Saturday, I knew the game was up, that we were going to lose him, and then he kicked five goals in the match against the Bulldogs and got us across the line, and I thought he's absolute living certainty to be drafted now. Um, and even after the game, Peter German was, you know, sort of fatalistic or philosophical that mm-hmm. we were losing him, and he was already turning to other guys and saying, listen, Harry Quartermain and a couple of our other players, you need to, you guys will have to step up now because we're going to lose Jaden Hunter. So... Um, it was a dead giveaway, and it is a great. It, it's great for that kid. I think he was in the gym when he wasn't even listening to the telecast or the online telecast. He was in the gym, and Dodoro rang him, and I think there's vision bumping bumping around of him ringing him, and he got quite emotional. So, so good to see, great fella. Um, came through with Logan McDonald and those sort of fellas, and played on Logan McDonald during some of the state practices and stuff. So he's. He's of that quality. He used to ruck for us at, in the Colts. He was he's one ninety four only, but he was rucking and he had forty four hitouts one day against East Romano, I remember. So he's got quite a lot of flexibility. There's a great story about Quinton Narkle too. Um, have you heard this one? Where so his manager is um, Anthony Vanderwielen, who's the vice president of the South Romano Footy Club, also manages Shea Bolton and a few other boys, and. So Quinton's really close to Shy, Shy Bolton, and he was going, hoping to go to Richmond to join him, and and that didn't happen. But he got to Port Adelaide, and I was thinking, why is he going to Port Adelaide? That's a, a strange one. And on Saturday, there was a meeting, and Quinton Knuckles was in there, Anthony Vanderwiel and his manager was in there, all the Port Adelaide heavies were there in a hotel in Melbourne, and Sam Powell Pepper was there. And he's very close to Sam Powell Pepper because they both went to Wesley together. Um, Quinton's actually a gozzy boy. That's why he played for Perth. But they're super close. And how's this? He's, his, well, his partner's due to have a baby, I think it's next month. And Sam Powell Pepper's ba- uh, partner's due to have a baby next month. <laughs> and there was just it all just dovetailed. Okay, okay I'm going to go to Adelaide. Our partners are going to hang out together. They're going to have their kids together. And we're, we're going to play for Port Adelaide, and who knows, maybe I play finals. It's, wow, how good's that? That really made my day when I heard that. So great great kid, great to see him do well after Geelong jettisoned him. And I reckon he'll make it. I reckon he'll start playing a few games. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Very for, good player. For what a reason, for whatever reason, fell out of form and favour, but he can play. So let's wish him all the best. And look, Best case scenario, these players go and make a fist of it and are retained on the list and play plenty of AFL. Worst case scenario, someone like Jaden Hunter 
comes back in 18 months or however long, and he's had that experience. So I just think it will make them better footballers, and um, I think it's a great opportunity for them. But, yes, we probably should look at the compensation side of it as well. Now, just very – won't harp on this one, but just, um, I guess, um, putting an exclamation mark for the moment on the Hawthorne um, saga – so the AFL has uh, wound up the independent panel. They've had negotiations with the uh, complainants. That part of it has cleared Clarkson, Fagan and Burt. Um, two million, by the way, spent on legal fees and a bit of a debacle, let's be honest, the whole um, independent review. A bit. Um, the AFL at its very best there. But uh, this will go to the Human Rights Con- Commission. The families have confirmed they will. Now, that will be a very lengthy process. Um, uh, that will play out over however long, and if that fails, then they've still got the high court that they can go to to take action against the three, um, Clarkson, Fagan and Bird, and also Hawthorne. Meanwhile, the AFL has left it floating in the air, which I think was pretty ordinary. Now, I'm not saying Hawthorne doesn't deserve um, uh, punishment for bringing the game into disrepute over the way it um, constructed this review, but... Um, I just think you just don't leave it hanging in the air saying, you know, they're going to cop some sort of a penalty. The commission will decide that. But we'll tell you later. I think Hawthorne supporters deserve better than that for the AFL to just leave it hanging. If you're going to punish them, just hand it out at the time and get it done with. Anyway, that's all I'll say about that, Barra. How, how are they going to judge um, what the penalties are going to be for Hawthorne and, and what's that process, do you know? Yeah, it's just the AFL Commission will decide and um, they will, you know, probably look at past um, examples of bring, bringing the game into disrespute. They may decide that it's not bringing the game into disrespute because Hawthorne is protesting that, uh, the new president, Andy Gower. So there'll be some negotiation there with Hawthorne and the AFL, as they do so beautifully negotiate their way out of these situations, they will say... Here's, an, here's what we think we'll do. Will you accept that? And then they'll probably agree on it, whether it's fines or um, draft picks, whatever as a it Hawks is. Man, as a Hawksman, how would you feel if it was draft picks after all this rebuilding they've done, yeah. but it was all unravelled because uh, you lost your draft picks because of this? Well, it'd be very disappointing. But again, you've got to look at the process. It was a pretty shoddy review. Um, you know, the, the, the accused weren't given the chance to, to state their case. But then again, Hawthorne argues vehemently that it it was never going to be a full-on review. It was just trying to reach out and find out what was going with the Indigenous players. But, you know, I think it's... it's the truth may be somewhere in the middle, as it normally always is, but the whole thing's been ugly, badly handled by Hawthorne at the start. I don't think it's been handled all that well by the AFL. It's been swept under the carpet to a large extent, but it will be an ongoing process which will take a lot of time to play out, so it's not hey, over one yet. More, one more question, and if you can't answer it, don't answer it, yep. is my advice, but that fellow Jason Burt, what was his role at free, uh, at Hawthorne? Yeah, no, he he was um, oh, sort of the head of uh, football at the time, right? And he's made some statements saying that some of the complainants um, aren't indigenous. Is that what he said? No, I don't think he said that. No, no, no. I think he just said he was. He looked at. A f- no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he did, mate. Okay. Which really was a staggering uh, uh, one that he would actually say that, and two. I don't know. I don't know where he was going. I didn't that. read so that. I didn't read that side of it of, actually. It's sort of getting out of hand. The whole scenario, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, that's why it'll go to the next level now, and we'll see. And that that's probably a level which is totally independent. I'm not suggesting the people who who you know did the AFL investigation review weren't independent as such. But you know, I mean, it, it, what 
it's an eight month process, and really they got nowhere. So I don't know. It's just well, let's hope for the best. Yeah, let's you know, hope for the for best. Everybody involved. That's yeah. right. The sooner sooner they come to a resolution that um, that is mainly, and also let's talk about the you know let's think of the families themselves. They need some sort of. Um, closure on all of this and, and an yeah, ability to move on so yeah. everyone went, yeah. yes that's right uh just a get quick one bef- really yeah <laughs> i will and before we get on to the games and we'll get through this this one very quickly but we saw the great maroons have a win last night go queenslander yeah. and um i'm a victorian so basically i'm i'm a uh, queenslander by default um they don't like us the new south wales boys and we don't like them much either but uh the uh so state of origin is a hardy perennial comes up this time every year and my uh, whether the afl should re state state of origin obviously it was an afl concept leon larkin the subi marketing manager um introduced it in 77 it was a great success in the 70s and 80s but then as the national competition got gravitas and 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 played out then it really became um superfluous to the competition i think it's dead in the water at an afl level but what i would like to see is um the international series with ireland brought back in Uh, particularly there's just such growth in the number of irish players playing Mm -hmm. so i think don't worry about state of origin at afl level let's be honest in the nrl it's their premier event the three games that are played it's much bigger than their grand final that would never be the case in the afl and i think with a national competition the way it is way it is i wouldn't mind seeing the women do um as one of our listeners um mailed into us a few weeks ago i like that idea but at the men's level coaches aren't just going to allow them to play and i just think go for the international series but it's done what do you think yeah no i like it i like it i um you're right about the number of Irish coming through, and I think I think it is a, a great bonus for the AFL to be able to tap into players from Ireland. Uh, what's the name of that? This will test you out, mate. Oh, yeah. How do you say the name of the new Irish player at Geelong? Spelled O. O'Sheen. 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 O'Sheen Mullen. Is it O'Sheen Mullen? O'Sheen Mullen looked all right too, just uh, category, category B rookie um, <laughs> playing on the weekend. So, I think yeah, they had right, mate. a lot to our game, mate. It's a beautiful part of the world, Ireland, too. Let's pick some winners, mate. Yes, please, mate. <laughs> uh, MCG Friday, 5.50 p.m. Melbourne, $1.37. Carlton, 3.10. Clayton Oliver will miss one more week with the hamstring, which will take him through the bye, so he gets plenty of time to recover from that. Carlton, Patrick Cripps a test with that ankle. Jack Martin's a chance to come back with a calf, but really bad news for them. Mark Pitney, the, the uh, ruckman, out with a hand injury for two weeks. Melbourne, a little shaky in recent times, um, and conceded. This is a really interesting stat. They've conceded, conceded 23 goals from their opponents' forward 50 stoppages, which is four more than any other team in the AFL. The Blues have conceded 56 points from their opponents forward 50 stoppages, which is the fewest in the competition. So really interesting where the goals are coming from. Carlton has lost all five games against top eight components this season, one of four teams without a win. Look, I just think I've, I'm off Carlton. Yes, they're due. They, everyone, I said this last week, they have to win. But are they good enough to win? And just the way they're playing at the moment, I just don't think they are. So I am going to pick Melbourne to win this game. Well, you can't tip him, can you? I mean, Patrick Cripps looked like he had a sore ankle. Um, so there's going to be three to five changes. Nick Newman did a hammy. George Hewitt concussion. Oliver Hollands had the shoulder. 
Um, surely Paddy Dow gets a game this week. I mean, holy, you know, unbelievable. Just get him out there. Get him out there so all the other clubs can have a look at him and do some trades. Yes, yeah, market him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you got he's got to get in there. And then I noticed was it Carolyn Wilson that had to apologise to Patrick Critz for this the story that he didn't stay at the team hotel on the in the, during the last game when in fact he actually did. He, he didn't move out till after the match. Because, yeah, it was uh, the Friday night game. He stayed with the players throughout that, and then when all the players left, his wife went up there. It was a they had the, the a bit of a longer break, so he just spent the Saturday night with his wife at a boutique hotel. So that was cleared up pretty quickly. Caro, to her credit. Um, admitted pretty quickly, you know, I got that wrong and I'd like to apologise for anyone. So, you know, I'm happy with that resolution. Um, I think we now know that it wasn't true and Caro accepted it and, yeah. They're un- so they're under am- amazing siege and one of their board members stepped down who's related to... Bruce Matheson, yeah. Bruce Matheson's son, um, Bruce Matheson being a, a multi. Mm-hmm. And generally when you come off the board, it um, means you're going to lurch a, cu- a coup and it also means you've got more opportunity to, uh, how will I say this, probably break confidentiality. Not not break confidentiality, but when you're on a board, you, you're very bound by confidentiality and you can't really do too much. But once you're out free like that, you can probably do a bit more. And uh, I, I would suggest that another couple of losses, that there'll be some large coup coming in, headed up probably by Bruce, Bruce and his ticket, and everybody would be a bit under the pump there. And they're even talking about Mike Fitzpatrick coming back as CEO. Um, what, what, replacing or Cookie? Or chairman. Yeah, I'd say sorry, chairman sorry, because yeah, chairman. you got chairman. your – I feel a bit for Cookie. Can't replace Cookie. They, they talked him into going there. He was happily going to walk off into retirement, and they talked him um, – they talked the challenge up. And Cookie, who has got a fantastic track record wherever he's gone, so I think – I agree with you. There's a, it's a mess there at Carlton, but I think at least they've got a good man at the helm as CEO. So he'll be he'll be rock yeah, solid yeah. in there. But sorry, I shouldn't have said Cookie, man. Yeah. I, I didn't mean so, Cookie. I meant the chairman. I know what you meant. Cookie, yeah. Cookie and Nizzy, uh, they're sort of neck and neck, aren't they? Just seeing who can who can go the distance, who who wins that race. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny, isn't it? <laughs> In some ways, <laughs> it is. When you consider the, the the history there, you know where they've come from. So oh no, absolutely. what a classic! So yeah, who you but, who uh, you picking, mate? Yeah, demons, mate. Yeah, I, I, they're going to put them to the sword, I think, on Friday night, particularly with having lost against Fremantle, which is a st- sensational win by the Dockers. So I think they'll bounce back even without Clayton Oliver. But, geez, they better rally the Blues. They better show something. Because some of those – I don't know if you heard some of the talkback callers on 3RW and Triple M in the East, but they're so passionate, those, those Blues fans, and they're so upset. It's incredible. And they're impatient because it's 1995 was their last flag and they've had about four four four-year plans in a row. How, how many, many four-year plans can you have? Yeah, but how many great draft picks yeah, they well. have too? They just get, and they got the two the two Coleman medalists and the Brownlow medalists and they're going, surely this is the year. And then Harry loses, gets the full-blown yips. And he's like, who is that who is that golfer, the Aussie golfer? Baker Finch. Yeah. He's got the Baker Finch yips. He well, just can't get him. IBF. What would you do there, mate? What would oh. you do? You'd have to you'd have to fly over Murray Cooper or you'd have to get Malcolm Blyde or, or I don't know, Lloydie, get Lloydie in there to, or Dunstall or someone and just say, mate, just simplify it, just go back to this, just do the, don't try to snap around the corner. Oh mate, the poor bugger. Well, I'll just quickly, IBF uh, got the yips because he stood up for someone in a bar and had a glass shoved in his face and it um, severed the optic nerve in his eye. 
and he was never, you know, he was never able to see the same after that. So is that right? Is yeah, that true? That is true. I've yeah, never I heard that. Ghosted IBF's IBF's column for a couple of years for the Sunday paper over there, the Sunday Sun. Oh, I see. How do he did have any reason? He did have he a don't. reason, but you know what I'd do? I would open up that Carlton forward line. Um, not, I'm not saying kick everything to Kerno because it's the last thing you would do. It'd be very predictable. But I'd put Mackay, maybe give him a stint at centre half back. You know, um, I yeah, just think, pull him out of there. Yeah, put him yeah. in the ruck. What about putting him in the ruck? Yeah, well, Pitney's injured now, so I'd just do something different with him. Get his confidence. Get him into the play where it's not just about him um, taking marks and kicking goals. Um, you know, his role really is just to bring the ball to ground and kicking a couple on top of that. But I'd just get him into the play. So maybe, maybe in defence. Uh, you know what? Or, you know what? You're onto something there. Or start him on the bench. Because if I was him and I was jogging out there and Stephen May came to me, I'd be going, oh, my God. Stephen May struggled <laughs> a bit, though. He's been in, his form hasn't been as it was. So Mate, not compared to Mackay. Jeepers. Yeah, I know. And who's the other fellow they've got there, the other defender, mate? A lever. Yes. So if lever doesn't get you... You know, May will. It's the old uh, Lillian, Lillian bloody... Well, um, you know what? Carlton will get what they deserve because other teams have worked Melbourne out. Frio did it really well, and that is don't let um, Starve, Lever and May have that interceptability. So that's what they've been doing. They've been getting the ball in and um, um, starving them of oxygen. That's not their strong point, though, is it? Tactical stuff, Carlton. So nah. if Lily doesn't get you, Tom O might. That's yep. the thing. Now, okay, so we're both picking Melbourne. Now, interesting game, this one. Adelaide over. Saturday, 11.45am. Port Adelaide, eight wins in a row at $1.12 on Tab Touch. Hawthorne, $6.25 on Tab Touch. Now, um, I'm certainly picking Port Adelaide. I don't think Hawthorne's up to winning this one. But uh, interesting goings on at Port Adelaide, who've done very well in recent weeks without Charlie Dixon and Todd Marshall. They, they're expected to come back into that side. Travis Spoke will be a test with his ribs. They've dropped Captain Tom Jonas. So, um, uh, it's a, I thought he was suspended. No, he's been dropped by coach Ken Hinckley. So Ken Hinckley's saying, look, you know, it's just, we know we picked the best 22 in a sub. We don't necessarily, you know, just because you're captain. I don't know. I'm hope, I hope it's just not a little bit of arrogance seeping in because they're playing Hawthorne this week. You're, hang on, you're not trying to make a case for Hawthorne, are you? No, I just said I picked Port Adelaide. But you know what? Be, Hawks form has been okay. You haven't mentioned, mate, Jay Sicily oh, well, playing. Mate, that's why I'm not picking <laughs> Hawthorne. How many possessions did he have 43. <laughs> 43. <laughs> it was a mate, fair game. And you know what? You blokes are, you blokes are like 6 bucks twenty, I reckon, or yeah. 7 bucks. They're six twenty-five. dollars <laughs> Yeah. Without Sicily, Hawthorne ain't winning. You've heard some stories about Jonas being dropped, have you? Yep. Yep. But they might get Charlie Dixon back. They will Um, get Charlie Dixon back and they will get Todd Marshall back. Um, Hawthorne has lost James Sicily. So I would suggest it would be a um, very long bow to suggest Hawthorne can win this one. You're just trying to make it interesting, aren't you? Well... I just, I'm just interested that Good they've chosen... podcast work, mate. Great podcast work for <laughs> you. I take it you're picking Port Adelaide as well. Yes, my friend. <laughs> Good, mate. Okay, Saturday, 2.35pm, Optus Stadium. The Eagles, $12 versus Collingwood at $1.03. Collingwood, they're bunnies. They got How much? Them, they got $12. Them, yeah, it's a $1.03. $12 they beat them, two horse They beat race. them last year, mate, round four. 
$12. That's incredible. 13 on West Coast injury list. Uh, we've just heard overnight Nick Natanui is going to be another six, seven weeks. Um, Samo Petrevsky seaton is still a week away with that quad, and Luke Shuey, um ankle and hamstring, still a week away. Jamie Elliott will be rested for a week with that shoulder, and we heard earlier uh, still side bottom out for six weeks, maybe a little longer with that medial knee injury. But I think Collingwood will lose one at some stage, but they'll probably lose the one they – I mean, you know, and you can afford to lose the Eagles, but I just can't see it happening. They're just not playing with enough confidence. They've got players out still. Um, big, great kudos to Oscar Allen. I said it on Tuesday, I'll say it again. For him to kick 29 goals and take uh, 33 marks inside forward 50 this season, which is equal fourth most of any player in the competition, given the su- supply, I think that's that's a truly great effort and why he will be captain mm. of the club next year, Oscar Allen. But I think this will be a, I think, a bit like Essendon last week. If they can get within... 50 points and give what Adam Simpson calls minimum effort, uh, mm. you'd walk away with that right now, I reckon. How many goals in do you reckon you'd get uh, at the line? Because um, I reckon that would be worth a look because, um, yeah, when you when you think about it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few other of their senior players or veterans get rested, like, you know, Pendlebury or Dagoe or even Darcy Moore looks a bit sore. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more sat out uh, on top of side bottom. Darcy Moore will be playing. He'll be playing. Um, Good luck getting good and good and good luck by the way getting past Darcy Moore. He might take. He might make Sicily last week look like a quiet game on Saturday. Well, he had the record. Darcy Moore might get sixty possessions and thirty-five intercept marks at the weekend. Mate, he, he had the record of for intercept marks until Champion Data took it. He had it for 24 That's hours. Right, they he took it 11, off. They it? took one off him, yeah. Daddy, yeah. Spoil sports 10, but, champion Data. What are you doing? But I don't think – will they put him on Oscar Allen? They probably won't, will they? They'll just keep him deep and um, – yeah, I don't think so. I look, push I just someone else. Uh, Murphy is it Murphy? They yeah. push Murphy up onto or something like that. But I, 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 I'm saying that I think I'm thinking that they're going to rest it. They, they've been talking about it's a double buy. They're calling with ex players like Daisy Thomas and that. Who no, said double buy? So that's 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 what that's what Daisy Thomas. Little bit. I bet you McRae's not happy with that. You can't. That's you know. I don't care how superior you are and how badly West Coast are going, but that stuff's fraught with danger. If you exactly. were Simo, so would you pin that up on the wall? Absolutely. In the old days, that's which exactly what you'd do. You'd get highlighted and put it in everyone's locker. But hey, what about? So, do we know what the goals in is? It'd be ten goals. I haven't looked at that. Maybe. Sorry, mate. I yeah. Don't know. Anyway, for twelve bucks, that's incredible. But Domi Sheed injured his ankle, but he plays his one fiftieth. Well mate. done to Dom Sheed. Yep. Yeah. What a career though. He's gone from Kalgoorlie thinking I'm lucky to play one game to a premiership hero never to be forgotten on the famous play then the government takes that mark and plays on and you know the rest of it ends up with Don Sheed slotting the the winner against Collingwood and ironically he plays his 150th against uh, against Collingwood at Optus Stadium and the result will be quite different probably well imagine if he has to, if he has to slot one from the pocket just to get within 10 yeah. We'd love, <laughs> we'd love to see Sheedy. He's a good fella, a real good fella. Yeah, and nice and you, the great humility displayed this week, as you said. He said, I'm just so happy to get to 150. And that does put him in the upper echelon of players. So it's been a great career. And no matter what happens from here, Barra, he's got sportsman's nights wrapped up for the rest of his life. Exactly. Just talking, Next, talking. And 
next week, Shuey and McGovern back. So they've bottomed out West Coast. Um, and how they manage the comeback of these players will be interesting to see. And I noticed that Nick Nat's been put on the back burner already, as you said. Um, Cripsy obviously still out there and probably won't come back. Liam Ryan told me that he, I think he said he was six or seven weeks away. So interesting to see what happens at the end of the year when they're all available. Should they have put another player on the long-term injury list and gone for someone else in the mid-year draft just to have a look? Yeah, I, the only thing about that is that you've got to chop someone as well. I mean, they could have delisted someone. They, they could have gone early on one of the retirements, which, you know, you know, is brutal. But if you're being brutal, you could have done that. Um, I'm not going to name a name, but you could have done that. But the thing is, you've got to remember, Cordes, that if anyone they pull on at the end of the year, that's another person they have to chop. And it, you just, you know, I don't think they need that pressure. It's going to be like, what are you going to do now? Say you're Adam Simpson and Trevor Nisbet. You're looking at the guys that are going to kind of be retiring. When I say kind of, they're going to retire what I'm talking about. So they're going to be going out. Do you start preparing for their last game? send off at Optus Stadium, which are the last matches? Is it the Derby goodbye? You know, I don't know who comes after that, but the club's going to have to look at all that stuff, a la Josh Kennedy and his magnificent farewell with his eight goals, even though they lost. Or, Barra, do, you, do, do they get a couple of games in the late in the year and then some of the veterans are offered up to other clubs for second-round draft picks? I'm not ruling that out next at the end of the look, year. Look, like who though? Who who are you thinking? Oh, darling, two dogs. Gaff. Oh yeah, Jack. You might. Would you get something for Jack? Gaff, you'd probably get something, but you'd, it wouldn't be great picks, though, would it? It'd be second would round. It? I think that's 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 the cackle at the moment. There could be an opportunity for second round draft picks for some of the veterans. I think if you're a team in the a club in the Premiership window and you wanted a forward, um, decent forward, then Jack Darling would suit that for a couple of years. Gaff's a very experienced player. Put him on a wing. Um, yeah, I'm just saying uh, it, it's a possibility. Uh, let's move what, on. What about yeah. what about managing the um, the farewells, though, mate? Have you got any view on that? Yeah, look, that, the Western Derby seems certainly. like a We're good moment to do it. Yeah, the last game's against the Crows, so you could do it in the very last round, 24. That's here, and that's the, and that's the big farewell at Optus Stadium. Yeah. I'm not even. I, I love the Blake, so I'm not going to. No, I'm not even going to nominate him, except for probably Shannon Hearns, the obvious one. Yes, yeah. one of them, Bunger, one of the all-time great fellas. He, that'll be his farewell. But you know, quite depending on how brutal they are, there could be two or three others. You know, what I if mean? you're out of it, if you're out of finals contention, which clearly West Coast will be, I have no problem with rolling out a few of your veterans and giving them a farewell game. I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. I think it's a great thing to do, and it shows a good culture within a club. So that's so my you, view. You, want, you don't want to name him either. Oh, I think, well, I think Luke Shue would be very close to the end. Um, love him as a player, but I think he, you know, a lot of soft tissue injuries, he'll be serious. And he'll make that call himself, being the person he is. And I think um, Shannon Hearn is the same. There'll be some retirements. McGovern signed for another two, so he'll be hanging around. And you know, hopefully, he get we, we see him next next match, and he's um, back to his best because he's a very very good player still, in my opinion. But there's others there, you know. Um, I think if you're being if, if you're still in contract and you're being traded, then the, obviously there won't be a farewell game. But um, there you go. So so Adelaide game could be massive. So yeah. Eagles fans, make sure you uh, get your tickets because it could be the good. It'll definitely be the. Farewell for Bunger if he's fit, 
and 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 uh, quarter says probably Shuey as well. Imagine if you oh, you thrown me in it there. Um, imagine uh, if they roll out a heap of vets for the last game, they beat Adelaide and cost them a spot in the eight. Wow. Let's move on. Uh, Marvel Stadium Saturday five twenty five p.m. Western Bulldogs a dollar sixty five. Geelong two twenty five. For me, it's the hardest game to pick. Uh, the last time the Cats lost four in a row, so they've lost three in, in a row twice this year already. The last time they lost four in a row was 2006. And that was when they were going through that rough patch and Bomber Thompson was on the outer and they had a review and they, they stuck with him and they ended up winning, you know, obviously the flag the next year. Adam Trelaw is a chance to come back from a hamstring. Um, mm. uh, Dangerfield is a chance to come back from a hamstring. Uh, Rowan is available, coming off a hamstring. But still no Mitch Duncan, no Cam Guthrie. Cam Guthrie is um, very long-term. In, in, incidentally, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of clubs about their, you know, injury list, but I don't like this habit of Geelong. They, they don't even give you a time frame. It's just short-term, medium-term, long-term or indefinite. So I think their supporters deserve better than that. Mm-hmm. The Western Bulldogs, what is wrong with their forward line, Barra? They've taken just 10 marks um, inside 50 per game this season on average. They're ranked 16th for that. They recorded 18 more inside 50s than the Suns last round, but they still couldn't take the marks. Um, the Bulldogs booted a goal from just 16.7% of their um, 50 entries compared to the Suns at 27%. So something's not right in their forward line at the moment. But mm. generally speaking, they've been in pretty good nick. Um, the Cats, by the way, play pretty well at Marvel Stadium. They like it there. They've scored over 100 points in nine of their last 14 matches at Marvel Stadium, so they go okay there. But it's they've dropped off. They're missing players. <laughs> Have they dropped over the edge? Not yet, but they can certainly see the edge from where they are at the moment. Thought long and oh, hard I'll about let, this. Go. I'm you. going for the dogs. I'm picking the dogs. She's that was the long, longest winded answer of all time to get to the dogs. <laughs> well done, mate. You asked me the question about half an hour ago about their forward line, the Bulldogs. Um, I'll tell you one thing, mate. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I'll tell you one thing. The people at Fremantle, they're absolutely loving that Jai Amos, Jai never miss Amos, is gone way past Rory Lobb this year. <laughs> Just loving it. Yeah. Because it was the old, hang on, well, we won't be able to do it without Inspector Gadget. But uh, as it turned out, uh, Jai Amos is going to be an, an absolute star. And poor old Ro- Lobby, he's struggling. He, he's on, he's, he could almost be dropped. Um, and what's happened to Darcy's son? He must be thinking, what's uh, happening? When I think am I getting to get played? been injured, I think. I thought Lobb was pretty good for them for, uh, for early. And has dropped off in recent weeks, but, you know... Um, Just have a look at the stats you know, compared to Amos, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's been a, a very you can't, good... You can't win that one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not suggesting it's a battle and that he hasn't won it. I'm just saying I don't think Rory Lobb's given the Bulldogs nothing. And I did think the... Um, I thought he... He was a very good contested mark for Fremantle and he was very important for their structure in the forward line. But clearly, right at the moment, they're going pretty well um, in their forward half, Fremantle. And Amos winning the Rising Star this week. He is the future. Great kick for goal. So no disputing you there, mate. Well, Sam Darcy, I think he had some sort of lung injury from what I can remember. So I think he's ready to come back. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on Beveridge now to say, well... How's this going to work now? We've got the young gun back. Obviously, he probably might need a couple of weeks to get a bit fitter and then have a look at it. But I think that's got to put him under the pump as to what is their actual forward line 
going to be. And does does Lobby fit in there with with the other two? You know what I mean? Well, they'll get What's an opportunity again. The, the Cats' back line has been faltering of late. Um, Tom Stewart, you can't fault him. He's taken a, a multitude of intercept marks, um, as is Liam Jones for the Dogs. So I just look at the the, the Bulldogs and I look at, ba- you know, Bailey Smith, Marcus Bonapelli, um, Liberatore as their engine room, Trelaw may come back. And I look at the outs for Geelong, and, I, and even, even if Dangerfield comes back in, I think they're going to get more looks at it, the dogs. The only issue is is whether they can convert, which they haven't been, but I'm still prepared to pick them. Yeah, I'm picking them. Eugle Hagen and um, the astronaut, they're the, the only two they need up there, I reckon, now. And then who knows what you do with Darcy, back up Ruck or centre-half back, but he's got to come in too. You can't be keeping out a young bloke like him. So that's all I'm saying. And uh, I'm tipping the Bulldogs by five points here. Okay, now, um, Saturday, 5.30pm, TAO Stadium in Darwin. Gold Coast Suns, $1.87. Adelaide Crows, $1.93. Very nice win to Adelaide last weekend. However, they've lost 10 of their last 14 matches on the road, including three of their four trips this year. Uh, the Suns, that midfield engine, magnificent. Matt Rowell finished with a career-high 23 contested possessions, 703 metres gained, sure. and 16 clearances last round. Wow. Noah Anderson is a pretty good partner for him too. Um, Adelaide going really well. It was an important win for them last weekend. Isaac Rankine, um, so many score involvements. Going well, but I just go back to, and I was faltering who I was going to tip here, but I look at Darwin, and it is different. It's slippery. The humidity gets you earlier. It's really hard. The ball drop is really hard. And I think the Suns are more used to the conditions up there and will win this game. Is that back-to-back games for them? Then? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So you got you just got to go with that, I think, that they know the conditions. Like you said, it's, it is a lot different. Rory Laird got off, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> Jake Romero, mate. <laughs> you got to come with me on that. How did Adam Chera and Roy Laird get off? And anyway, Jay Gromira gets one week. It's just unbelievable. You're going with the Suns? Um, I'm going with the Suns. And Charlie, good to see Charlie Constable knocking on the door. I really rate him. Sam Flanders. Brandon Ellis is still out of the team. So surely the Gold Coast get up here and and breathe some life into Stewie Jews. Um, I know a bloke wrote to us and said, stop talking about coaches, but... They're circling on him, so let's hope that this gives him some relief. Eh? I thought we, I think we'd all love to see Gold Coast play finals for the first time. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Stewie survive. That's what I was going with, but yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Sunday, 11.10am, Giants Stadium. GWS $1.82, Richmond $2, or should we call it the Tim Taranto v Giants game? So... Uh, he'll enjoy going back there. Still very close to a lot of his teammates. He spent a lot of time there. Adam Kingsley, of course, was an assistant coach at Richmond before taking on GWS. So he'll he'll know a lot about the game plan. In fact, he was asked about it this week. He said not much has changed except for um, um, uh, Pickett being an inside runner now, an inside mid, or, so, uh, run with player. So he said that was interesting. Apart from that, he said um, it's pretty much as it was with the Tigers. Now, we mentioned there's been a lot of talk about the West Coast injury list, Barra. Uh, 13 mm. players on their injury list. Just let me read this out to you. 13 players on the GWS injury list, including Phil Davis, Nick Haynes, Harry Himmelberg, Josh Kelly and Sam Taylor. They're all Australian defender. 
So GWS have had a, a been a horror run with injuries as well. Yet they've lost one had one big loss to Collingwood. The rest of them have been pretty well two kicks or the most I think was twenty one points. So you know, they ja- they beat Geelong at home last week at GMHBA Stadium. They've been very impressive. The Giants. I picked them to finish last. I got that horribly wrong. They have been, I think, one of the most impressive of those bottom um, six teams. Probably the most impressive. Richmond will obviously come in with, you know, it's, it's been a run of outs for them. Um, Andrew McWalter gets his second look at it. Morris Rioli Jr. coming back in from a hamstring. Um, does, Jack I, get, does Jack Revolt get rested, you reckon? Or <sighs> couldn't be dropped? You couldn't drop the great man, could you? He won't want to be dropped. The problem is, this will be his last year, and you might have to do it for his own good. And, and put Samson Ryan there as the big target. And, um, mm. you know, I, that, that's what I'd be inclined to do. But um, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Giants home game. Um, it could easily fall Richmond's way here, but um, Giants for me. Yeah, good summary. I hear that Haynes and Himmelberg might be back this week. So, but at Giants Stadium, that's a good summary, mate. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll go the Giants as well. Last game uh, of a shortened round because of the bye, the first week of uh, three weeks of buys. Marvel Stadium, Sunday, 2.40pm. Essendon, $1.18. North Melbourne, $4.40. Essendon once last eight matches against North Melbourne by an average of 33 points. Kangaroos looked okay against the Pies last week. They actually outscored them by 12 points from centre bounce clearances, their best differential this year. So well done. Nick Larkey in good form with five goals, two in that game. Essendon... Playing a different brand of footy, more defence first, but still kicking plenty of goals under Brad Scott. Nick Martin's having a really good season, Barra, the West Australian boy. Mm. Career-high 31 disposals, 595 metres gain and 24 uncontested possessions in round 11. Kyle Langford, since moving forward, has taken 27 marks inside 50 this season, which he's ranked 10th. Mason Redman having a great season in defence, although there's a lot of talk about him moving next year. So yeah. for me, and the cool. other thing is Peter Wright, there's talk about him coming back for his first game from a collarbone. He won their um, Crichton medal, their best and fairest last year. So I can't find a, an argument for North Melbourne. I'm happy to pick Essendon in this one. Yeah, Bombers by 20 points. Two-metre Peter, any danger, mate? Because two-metre Peter's playing. Um, Jaden, J- our man Jaden Hunter probably goes to Fremantle or something like that. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I, you talked about Nick Mar- Nick Martin. The um, I saw he was the same draft year as Logan McDonald and also uh, O'Driscoll and those guys. And so that's the year that Jaden Hunter would have gone, except he did his ACL. So it's great that that young fellow's got a chance now to, to link up with all those blokes. But, yeah, so North... Um, Will Clark, what, does Clarkson come back soon now because of no, he's not, things being resolved? No, they're saying that it's still indefinite at the moment. He needs to get his physical and mental health right, and that's a good call by the Kangaroos, so um, he'll have some time away still. Did you read what Sonia Hood, um, she's what, the president of North, isn't she? Did you read what she wrote about um, the Hawthorne saga? Well, she hasn't held back on her dislike of Hawthorne's handling of it, and she's entitled to voice her opinion. Just to finish that off, did she actually had seen all the evidence and she's thought that it was a good result, the whole thing? So I rate her. So I, that kind of had some impact on me. I think I think she's a pretty honest sort of person, so that was worthwhile. It makes me think Clarkson will be back sooner rather than later. Okay. That's all. Well, let's hope so. He's, uh, we we want to see Clarko back coaching. Now, Barra, it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. 
Thank you to Thirsty Camel. Um, we will be giving away very shortly a 30-can block of Great Northern Super Crisp, a very nice drop barrel, though you're probably not well enough to have tasted at the moment, but I'm sure you'll be right by the weekend. Please send your mail into quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. Please provide all your details and keep them short, please. Like this one from Michelle. Hi, Quarters and Barra. If the Tasmanian team does not proceed because of local opposition to the stadium, then what then? Left at the older, the Tasmanian bridesmaids. I reckon that it'll be who blinks first then. It'll be the Tasmanian government and the AFL uh, in a kind of a standoff a bit. And I reckon the, uh, the AFL's too far down the track not to award them a team and they'll just try to negotiate their way to a stadium, which means the stadium may not be ready it wasn't going to be ready for the start anyway when they were there. It might take a bit longer. It might be put on the back burner. But <laughs> so they've got grounds there already that they can use anyway. So yeah, I, I just hope it still goes ahead and doesn't scuttle the whole thing. But at this stage, um, I'd be thinking it goes ahead, and but maybe without the stadium fully locked in. Yeah, I think they'll get it done. Um, there's There's been some financial impositions placed on them if they don't get it done, and it's going to cost them a lot of money, and I think they'll wake up and realise what the benefits will be, and they will get it done. This one from Marie, High Quarters and Barra. Is the way players are tackling now, i.e. pulling a player down and back from behind, contributing to more serious ankle syndesmosis injuries? Your thoughts? It's the ground that's contributing. It's... Um Oh, here I go. When I used to play, it was a lot softer and um, you had a lot more give in the ground. So you had, you didn't really have a lot of ankle injuries and someone, unless someone actually landed on your ankle and it was like a full-blown collision. Uh, the ground gave so much. So you, you, and that's why we never had – there was no such thing as syndesmosis in the 80s and 90s. It's, it's, it's a modern injury. And it's because the grounds are such firm it's, and the crowds and the punters and the fans and television and everyone demands – pristine conditions and that's the footy should actually be played on a much softer ground but for the um, spectacle it's much better if it's really firm so that's that is the main reason it's the fact that your foot doesn't give any given this then the and the studs and that are so much better as well so they just grip and you've got nowhere to go that's uh i've had a close look at it and that's absolutely what happens Hi team, given trades are orchestrated months before October, should clubs like Fremantle be looking to ransack the rabble that is Carlton? Could Harry <laughs> Mackay, with his woeful form and mega contract, be traded with parts subsidised by Carlton? Or alternatively, a pick attached as a salary dump? Second question, when is Sonny Walters back from injury? I'd hate to see Johnson get bumped to the sub. Despite Hughes being in good form, could Johnson play off halfback, utilising his ability to find time and space? Flow and effect could mean Erasmus as the sub. Don't mind that. I think they've got the bye this week. They're back against Richmond the following weekend. Um, as for Mackay, not for me. They've got a forward line that's developing, and I don't think they need him. The Dockers, you know Sonny's problem. When I say problem, I love the bloke, and he's, you know, the lifeblood of the team in some ways, but... His problem's going to be Bailey Banfield. Bailey Banfield is playing out of his brain at the moment. They pushed him up onto the wing at one stage there, so that might ease up things. But if he plays in the forward line, uh, it's tricky when you've got Switzkowski and also Lockie Schultz already in there and you've got Frederick and then you've also got Banfield. It's tricky to get uh, squeeze, not squeeze Sonny back in there, but you know what I mean, to play them all. So it gets alleviated a little bit. They might go a bit smaller this week because of the fact that there's an injury to Sean Darcy. So Luke Jackson goes into the ruck. 
So maybe they just play the two forwards, uh, Tracy and Amos. But, you, you know, there's really, really, they probably would have needed Tabernard to come back in there. He's got, I don't think he's ready at the moment. So, yeah, it's a very interesting situation. And it's the sort of competition you want. When you look at Erasmus, I mean, that's the other thing in the midfield. Um, Jager O'Meara goes out. Do you bring in, do you bring in Erasmus or do you bring in Will Brody? It's a big, big, you know, talking point at Fremantle this week. Well, mm. What would you do? I'd bring in Will Brody, give him an, uh, an opportunity. Hey, just on Banfield, uh, it's a really good call, Barra. From rounds eight to eleven, disposals fifteen point eight, rating above average, marks five, elite. Goals, 1.5, above average. Score assists, 1.8, elite. And score involvement, 6.8, elite. You bang on right, mate. He has been very, very good for them and very important for that forward line. Um, so um, good luck It'll to you. Watch his space when, when, when Sonny comes back. But just on the midfield change for O'Meara, though, Will Brody's the knock on him has been his defence, I think, and I think Erasmus is strong in that area. So, and that's what that's where they come from. That's what they believe in the the defence first mentality. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Will Brody missed again and uh, they went with Erasmus and because he would be playing in any other team. You know what I mean? Basically, he's he's very very good. They've got some guys there in the wings, Corbett and Wagner. They've got some really great young blokes still. Knocking on the door, they've got such depth. Well, in a couple of years' time, they're going to be phenomenal. The, the Dockers, Chapman, Chapman hasn't even played. He's super. Yeah, so they're very, they're very fortunate. Uh, g'day, Quarters and Barra. What do you think of the chances of an English soccer-style loan system being brought into the AFL? It will allow injury-ravaged teams to compete while offering cash to other teams. And if state-level players are included the cash could have a significant benefit to their clubs of origin. This could replace the flawed mid-season draft, where kids uproot their lives for the chance to often play only a handful of games before being tainted by going on the scrap heap. The only downside would be that the player learns the inside workings of the other club, but that already happens with trades. Love your work, gentlemen. Cheers. James Brown. I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. You better say that when you say that. Hey, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love your sentiments. Um, I don't know if it's it's the right way to go, but I love your sen- as a president of a waffle club. I love your sentiments to fix the mid-season draft because you know what I also learned because I'm a rookie president. I'm learning all this stuff. These the mid-season draft. You can nominate like a short-term contract till to the end of the year, or you can nominate what is it, eighteen months or something. And it and it's a real punt, isn't it? If you and I think Ryan Marich whacked 18 months on himself because then if he's going to move over there, he wants to make it worthwhile. But it also can affect your, you know, whether you're a, that is still attractive to the club. So it's an interesting scenario. But I think it's not – I don't think it's good enough to bring someone into the system for half a season. You know, And as a, as a man who does – as a man, what am I talking about that for? As a bloke who knows about um, young people and, you know, he's got a son, I'd hate to see him taken into the AFL, all that hype. Say Jaden Hunter, all that hype, blah, 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 fantastic stuff. You know, my life's changed. And then at the end of it, in within six months, he's back on the scrap heap in an AFL sense and delisted, which has happened before as well, and which is just not right. It's just shocking for someone's mental health and a shocking way to run a, a, a football competition. So I'd rather that um, there was a better way of doing it than the mid-season draft and those short-term contracts. So 
Uh, James Brown, I feel good too, mate. Well done. Uh, so um, it comes to me: uh, is it is it James Brown or is it Waza from Tuesday's Mail? Um, he was talking about the older players and the sub could only be used by clubs for a f- player thirty years plus, and he gave Luke Shuey as the example next season. So who wins Both it? Both worthy winners, I reckon. Up to you, mate. Toss up, the coin, you're the boss. Up to me. I'm going to go with Wazza from Tuesday. So well done, Wazza. Um, send your details into Quarters and Barra at wanews.com.au. Thank you all for being loyal listeners and regular mail correspondents. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Quarters and Barra. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Better you bet with Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. Barra, get some hot mate, lemon drink. Get some hot water. Put some lemon in it, a little spoonful of honey. Stir it anti-clockwise and have some rest, mate. Get better. Does that cure COVID? You got any COVID cures for me? Uh, rest. Rest and don't overdo it, and don't come back when you when you're ready you to back, come back. Are you back running yet? You back running yet, mate? I got the news on yesterday morning. My surgeon Peter D'Alessandro, great man, very happy with the progress. And in three weeks' time, I'll take my first step back onto the running track on a bit of grass, and it'll be a bit of a run walk to start with. But yeah, very happy. Uh, good for your mental Thank you health. For, good on you, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening. We will be back with you on Tuesday to talk about uh, round 12. Thank you for listening. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and, of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.